This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Zoll Medical and Zoll EMS and Fire. here you don't know what to do with your hands don't, <laughs> don't worry you got two hours to figure it out right sounds good well we've already Wait, are started. you put a two-hour limit on this podcast already no that's how long he, he has to figure out what to do with his hands oh and then after that after that then we're gonna have to give him some instructions okay sounds good so we've already started i don't know if you realize this but that's we're fine. recording good we're back chicago's bravest stories and today's guest steve we have my academy classmate Mitch Huner of Firemall fame. Famous. Famous. Firemall tool, which Mitch was kind enough to bring in here, and I have to tell you, it's legit. I want to smash things right now. <laughs> this has been a long, long time coming. Steve's been bugging me for a while. And, a while. And I've had, I mean, the Halligan project's probably been close to, you know, from inception, uh, almost three years now, right? Two-year project, but... So thinking of it, almost when did you when did ago. you start like developing this? I mean, we launched. I mean, I could say we launched like pre-orders, uh, March twenty twenty. So I mean, we, everything was kind of already in motion before that. So you can imagine before that we were we were designing and had some had some ideas. And do you have any background in manufacturing or anything like that? No. Did so, you have any background in podcasting? No, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm seeing if he's one of us. No, he's one of us. He's one of us. It's he's one of us. overcome mentality, sure. right? Just, I don't know, <laughs> figure it out. Uh, so it's been... But you had an idea. You were using tools, and you're like, hey, if, if it had this and if it had that, this would be a better tool. Yeah, I mean, we could... Shoot, we could, you want to start there at square one from uh, yeah, let's yeah, from the let's from the do design. It, man. Yeah, I we mean, got more than enough tequila. Yeah, I mean, right. this, <laughs> listen, this is the whole point of us bringing you on here. So uh, let's go, spill <laughs> the beans. Well, anyway, I'm glad to be here because we, we, we've been uh, we've been kind of pushing this off for a while. You started having kids or something, yeah, and then I was knee deep in this this Halligan project. But how I ever got into into fire mall tools, um, would it be what I what it is today? If you would have asked me five years ago, I'd be like, no, I thought I would be in making. You know, having some tools in a garage and mounting them on wood handles, and yeah, and it'd be a little side action, you know. Um, but uh, it's definitely steamrolled into a lot more. Um, so how I ever got into it, it was just using a. I used to always use a, a splitting mall, right? Because I was like, hey, I can I can beat shit with it, and I can chop with it. It just made sense to me, right? Um, and it had that centralized mass like a sledgehammer, um, and I would always use it. And then you'd get into situations where it didn't do what what you needed, right? Whether it was just you just strict overhaul, you know, stripping a window, um, you know, taking off casing, you know, it's just a fat blade. It's a meathead tool. Um, couldn't capture progress uh, when you're doing forcible entry, those sorts of things. In fact, um, but people are taught that to use that to to capture progress. Well, uh, a, an axe, right? Yeah, but a, a typical splitting mall has got a big old fat blade on it, right. so it's your. But nobody would typically take that to do that. That job in particular, right? No, no, so. not 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 particular. No, not usually, right? You you have your flathead axe you'd be using, um, but uh, there was actually a fire. It was a basement fire, and then um, you know we were first truck. We had the front door open. Well, the door opens, but it opens and it covers the basement stairs. So you got to get the door off the hinges. Get get the holes down there, and. Um, you know, I'm actually trying to trying to shove my blade into the into the hinge side and, and roll it and stuff. Kept rolling out, and of course, you got people yelling at you, right? Freaking door out of the way, you know. I ended up just beating the shit out of the door to get it get it off, and that's when I was like, "All right, there's got to be some, you know that that just did the Google search, like, oh, mall for fire service, you know." And I I'd seen like the, I don't know if you guys are familiar. I've seen the TNT tool before. And, you know, it, it's a mall for the fire service. It lacks uh, enough ass that, that I prefer, you know. Um, and it didn't have like a, a what I would call a fire service style blade on it. Um, didn't have like a wedge shaped blade. 
and so anyway, it, it works. You can make any tool work, right? right. For a good fireman, you can make any tool work. Um, but it just, it, for me, it wasn't like what I had envisioned, right? So um, that was the inception, right? That was like, all right, let me. That let me, one door. Yeah, yeah one door was thing. like, all right, let me, let me see what we can find, what's out there, and then, and then, and then just start kind of doing some drawings and thinking about, you know, well, what, what would I want, right? And I start off with that, you know, wedge-shaped blade. I want a flat top. That way, if, if I go to ram with it, my blade's not going to hit something first, right? It's want something completely heavy. flat. Yeah, something with some ass behind it. Um, and then, you know, then little things. It was just like, well, let me. What happens if we roll that blade back, right? Because we're taught to to chop with the top corner of the axe. Well, why are we doing that? We're we're taught to do that because it's a piercing tip. Reduce surface area, punctures through material faster, right? So we're taught to kind of rotate that. Well, what if I roll the blade back? Right, so basically take the bottom corner off the blade, so when I am hitting, no matter my angle, I'm kind of already on the top corner. You mm -hmm. know, little things like that. Um, and there was nothing like that had those properties. Not, that not you could find. Not in that that sort of blade shape. No, maybe nothing. there's some salty guy who took his axe to a grinder. Yeah, or I'm sure. Like that, I'm right? sure. Possibly, maybe somebody's taken a. Uh, I'm sure somebody's taken a, like a. Uh, splitting maw and done it and shaved, you know, spent the, yeah. the time grinding <laughs> the blade down, um, you know, and, uh, and then I just, I just kind of kept, kept drawing and, and, and come up with some ideas. And, and I got to tell you, my first step was I had something pretty decent, you know, that wedge shaped blade so I could drive it like a force wedge, those sorts of things, that rolled back blade, um, flat striking face on the top, flat striking face on the bottom. And this is still just me messing around, right? I don't know, maybe we'll, I don't know, we'll see. I, mean, I was like, is this something I could patent? I don't know, maybe. Let me, how much does it cost to get a patent? You know, what does, it, what does that cost? And then searching for, you know, patent lawyers and, 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 and then that actually kind of diffused it a little bit for a while. I was like, well, that's expensive, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, maybe not. And it was actually uh, my wife, Paloma, her friend, uh, Emily was, was in town and uh, she worked for Caterpillar. I don't know her position particularly, but, um, you know, a pretty successful company. Yeah. You know? Peoria, um, Illinois. Right. So, uh, she, w you know, I told her, I was like, yeah, someday maybe if I learn how to forge something, you know, I'll, I'll do my mall that I've kind of had in the back of my head. And, you know, she like stopped me almost mid sentence. And she's like, why wait? You know, do it now. I'm sure somebody could make it right. Have it made. I was like, you're you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're goddamn right. No. Um, so uh, that kind of like was the push, right? That was the, because it was just so, it wasn't forced. It was so just, just quick. Like, yeah, stupid. Do it now. Um, and so, so then, uh, so then, yeah, I started finding somebody to uh, basically model it, 3D CAD model it, those sorts of things. Found a patent alert. It was fairly cheap to, to package up. Uh, shout out to AULC. Um, Adam, my uh, my patent lawyer, um, he uh, uh, you know well, shout us. out to Emily because yeah, if Emily, Emily right? So up. my wife's gonna laugh when she listens to this. <laughs> but true, honestly, it was like the little kick in the butt. Um, and so we actually filed for a patent first, and then I then I started having some prototypes made. And this is I didn't know how to CAD model. I didn't know how to, I'm paying somebody. You're scrounging money together to have, you know pay somebody to CAD model. Yeah, it. and you, you just know. you have to go to this company with that idea and mm -hmm. say, can you guys? Make me a prototype. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I went to, I, I knew I needed it 3D CAD model first, and then I went to, I uh, started finding a forging company. Is that is that process expensive? The CAD modeling, yeah. If and, you got to pay somebody you, to do it. Did you, how did you f come up with this company to do that? That one was Google. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. know where to right. go. Like no, I, I, no, I would have Googled no it myself. Mm -hmm. And then that was, that was, yeah, that was Google. And how do you, how do you structure that deal? Because, this is fascinating to me because I've always like ideas, but what stops Wait me? Wait a second, you've had ideas. <laughs> if, if anybody knows I've had ideas, Bullshit. it should be you, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> so I live your ideas <laughs> every day of my life. <laughs> but what stopped? And you, and you, you may not you? want me to have the answers to this because the only thing that has stopped me I, <laughs> from more projects was the fact that I get to that part and it's like, all right, now what do I do? Do I go to these guys and do I structure a deal with these guys? Do I do I just give them? Pay them flat out, right? I mean, uh, am I getting screwed here? I don't. Yeah, really know. How, you don't really know. Frame a reference on if this is how much this costs, right? Because this is very familiar to the inception of this podcast. <laughs> you know, we paid somebody a lot of money, not right. knowing what we were doing, and it got to the point where we're like, we need to fucking figure this out on our own. You know.
This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. I'm here with Dahlia Fami, owner of Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy, where they specialize in rehabilitation of police and fire. Hi, Dahlia. Hi, Vince. How are you? Thanks for having me back. So what do or what can our members do to come in and see you guys? Really easy, Vince. They just call us up and make an appointment. So, and I can guarantee they won't be disappointed. And usually people definitely learn a lot about their bodies while they come see us. Uh, Sports and Ortho is a private practice specializing in the care of police and fire members. You can look them up at sportsandortho.net. Call them to make an appointment. One last question for you. What if it's a work injury? That's a good question. So you can still ask for us. We're part of the City of Chicago Workers' Compensation Network. So there should be no issues if we are requested. Thanks, Dahlia, for being here. Always a pleasure, Vince. Thanks. That's what I love about, I mean, firemen, though, honestly. And when we take on projects, it's usually like, figure it out, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just, you know, take small chunks, figure it out one step at a time. What do I got to yeah. do? And we'll we'll, we'll take forward. our lumps, but yeah. at least we're moving forward. Well, and the funny, the funny, this is funny because the only reason the original fire mall um, was... 10.3 pounds after it was forged was because I didn't have any more money to pay the guy to adjust the model anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think our prototypes were a little bit more, and then and then I, I forget how it but, that's, but I remember I was like, ah, you know what? Abby's good. Yeah, that, but that's like legendary status shit. Like right. the, the Pittsburgh Steelers only have a decal on one side of the helmet because back in the day they couldn't afford to put decals on both sides of the helmet. It's so. just the way it works out. It's just the way it works out. That, that will be a trivia question down the line sometime. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that I I have to admit happened by accident, and I, I wish, I wish I was this smart because it has it has led to a, a utility patent on a blade system, and mankind has been making blades for how long, right? To be able yeah. to get something new actually patented, um, was how the shoulders of the tool ended up working. Um, so, if you're not familiar, you know, or I, I I made a maul which has a bigger mass to it. And I wanted this fire service blade. So instead of this big transition, you had a sharp transition to a, to a wedge-shaped blade. So it left you with material on the sides. So basically it left you two shoulders on the side of your tool. Um, well, come to find out, you know, first prototypes I had, um, I got up on a roof and we won't say where, um, but got up on a roof <laughs> and we were trying it out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm full of pride. I'm like, yeah, yeah man. I thought of this. I made this. It's in my hands. You know, it's gonna like, work. It's like gonna, magic. gonna be awesome. Watch this. You know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, you know, it's a, probably an easy roof. It was, an, you know, I want to say red X because that means that means maybe it was here. But it was a, it was a shitty building, right? Uh, abandoned building. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, easy roof, right? So I got my heavy tool and I'm, I start swinging. Down. I got somebody recording. I start swinging down, and I'm I'm hitting. And it's like kind of bouncing back. I'm hitting. It's kind of bouncing back, and I start giving it more, right? Like like an idiot. I start swinging harder, and I'm, I make three cuts on this thing, all three edges. And I'm, I'm I'm in my mind, this thing is like bouncing and coming back, bouncing and coming back. And I'm like, what have I done? How much money did I just waste? This right. is stupid. What is going on? We slowed down the video finally, and what was happening was that tool was actually puncturing through what ended up being the roof. That actually ended up being like. Uh, decking, cedar shake, uh, sheeting, like OSB, <laughs> and then like four or five layers of shingles. All right, but I didn't so you're know basically cut, trying to get through like three different roofs. Right, right. It's, it's ridiculous heavy duty, um, small tail layered material. But what was happening was that 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 blade was going in, puncturing through. Those shoulders were hitting, and it was coming right back out. But yeah, I'm not. It's not what I'm feeling. I'm feeling it bouncing coming. Right, out. right. And honestly, when I got done all three, I was I was gassed. I was like. Who made this thing? <laughs> right. So it wasn't until we reviewed the video how well those shoulders worked, and then we coupled that with the fact that you know if it, when, you, when it does jam in, if it does stay, uh, because that blade does not have like a, an extended beard on it, um, and this takes a little bit of visualization, but it doesn't like hook under the material underneath the roof itself, right? You just pick up on the Is that part of your, pa- your, your patent? Yeah, it's, the, what the, able, it's what enables to get the patent on there is because that's it, it the punctures in. To your yeah, uh, yeah on, on the blade, right? You punctures in, pick up on the handle, those, those, the side of your tool, 
you know, becomes your fulcrum point and it rolls yeah. out of the cut. I wish I was that smart though. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like that was just a happy sort of, I'm like, well, that works pretty good. And that's yeah. actually where we transitioned from uh, a, a design patent, meaning just how something basically looks to how it functions. I was like, whoa, that works pretty good. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we can. And it took a long time. It took a lot of back and forth because again, how many examples of tools and blades are out there? It took a lot of work, but eventually we ended up getting it. But those shoulders prevent, like, if you use a traditional axe right. and you go through and you mm -hmm. make a really good cut, sometimes you have a hard time getting that blade back out. Right, exactly. And that's what those shoulders... Yep, they ba it basically acts as a, act as a blade stop, but then a fulcrum point to roll the to tool get the out of the blade out, instead yeah. of doing, you know, getting your foot down in there, right. using that. And there's guys that can make it, especially in Chicago, right? We have that that super long, deep bladed axe that, and there's guys can make that thing sing and they'll, they'll twist left, right, pull it right back out or throw their boot down in there and they're, they're awesome at it. Um, but this one kind of serves that purpose uh, without having to do all that. What, what I've always found was almost tires you out more than swinging the damn thing. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting, getting the blade yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Unstuck. So. That makes sense. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was inception. And then, um, after we kind of worked some of those things out and before I knew. So before you saw the video, you yeah. were like, that's and, when you oh, had your moment of doubt where like, fuck, yeah, I, we, I spent a ton of money yeah. and this thing's not, not fucking working. We, we reviewed it on site though. I think we kind of kept working and then on site pulled up the phone. I was like, wait a minute, look at that. And then we, we kind of kept working and it still did a hell of a job of just, once we found out how thick that roof was, I felt a lot better about it. At first I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This right, is doing nothing. Right. And then once we saw, I was like, well, they actually did a pretty good job. And then we were able to slow the footage down when we got back and everything and, 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 and go, okay, we, we got something here. Um, it might be a little heavy, but heavy. for me, heavy's good. Honestly, I, I'll still take the 10, even the new 10 pounder, I'll still take to the roof with me because the, the type of rust we get, right? And they're always yay thick, right? How many yeah. layers of material, so. Well, in some neighborhoods, that's order of business is how those roofs are. Oh. They, they, if you need a roof repair, you just put another on. roof yep. on top of the old roof, right? And that should stop the I'm water. I'm always amazed when there's the cedar shake and then the sheeting on top of it. Like we're not even pulling that off. We're just gonna just keep going. So, so then after that, how did Fire Mall the company uh, come about? Well, so it was about that. So I actually, when I filed the original the design patent, right? This is after. This was probably around the same time we had, you know, my, my first models done and, and everything else. Um, we filed a design patent um, while my prototypes were being made or during the time they were made. And, and because of that, I, I had filed a, an LLC, was, you know, because at some point I was like, this turns into something I, I want it to be attributed to the company. Um, you know, it'll say Mitchell Huner inventor, but the ownership of the, you know, the paperwork would, or the patent would be underneath the company. Um, but that, uh, once, once we kind of played with the prototypes and everything started putting to work, I decided this, this is something, um, you know, and, and maybe, uh, maybe I'm a little full of myself, but I was like, this is going to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, in my mind, right, you, so when you first start these things, you think, you know, you, you see a need, right? So you think, well, nobody's, there's no real true mall for the fire service. You know? right. Everybody's going to want this. Well, thing. I don't think anybody started a business being like, this is going to yeah, be right. well, we'll see. such a shitty right, product. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or this is just going to be okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dump all my money into it. Yeah. Right. Um, but we launched, uh, you know, we started taking video. We launched pre-orders. Um, I never was one to do the Kickstarter crowdfunding thing. Um, you know, hindsight 2020, would it have helped get more uh, marketing out there and, and more, I guess people we try knowing to stay, about we us. We try to stay away from that too. It, yeah. You know, it's almost, uh, and it's so maybe initially in the early, early days of crowdfunding, it was new and, and people were like, Oh, this is pretty cool. We just didn't want to ask for money. That, and that's what <laughs> well, we felt. It was just asking for money. Right. It, it, you are to, to an extent, but what we ended up doing is just doing our own pre-orders. Like, Hey, if you want this, I, you, you can buy your product now. And then you'll just get a discounted rate, and it's not like we'll ask for money and this falls through, you, you get nothing. It's like right. you're you're guaranteed something. It's not like you have a failed crowdfund. Guess what? You know, it, even even if it goes to their level, that's what it has to go to their their whatever how much they're asking, and then they get it, and then development costs way much more, and they can go. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we we proceeded with I proceeded with pre-orders while we started working out. Uh, the details, you know, what handle we're going to use, all that sort of stuff. Again, this was kind of way before uh, 
I know anything about standard handle sizes and, and everything else. Is there and, anybody else helping you with this, like bouncing ideas off of and, you know, hey, Mitch, maybe this is a better idea? Or is this all you? I think initially... But you, I mean, mostly, mostly what about me. the guys at your house? So like, were you, hey, yeah, what if yeah, you, what I mean, if, there's, I got to give a shout out to my, my buddy, Anthony Chavaria. Um, he, he was, he was big into helping. He's over at truck 17 still. He, he was into it. He was helping. He was filming. Um, he was help supporting, uh, initially. Um, I don't want to put his business out there too much, but I, I had some support initially, friends and family, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that was huge. Right. And then I'm bouncing ideas off of those guys. Um, Bob Corey, you know, Bob, he yeah. still works with me. Um, you know, he was, he was kind of there. Um, I, I can't remember when he came across. So I, my timeline gets fuzzy, right. When, when he came over to the, to the truck, if I had, uh, the very early stages of that. And I think, I think it was, I think he was there when, during the early, early stages of it. Um, and that's mostly just bouncing ideas, but as far as like a business side of things, um, no, it was just, just me, um, initially at, at, at the ver- very early ages, stages of it. Um, but, uh, I think the other thing we ended up getting, and this is actually kind of funny, and we'll talk about the grip kits later. And thank you for having me on and do nothing but talk about my product. <laughs> uh, but, this but, is how we lure you in. Right, right. Right. We're, we're getting in deep with you. Yeah, so. we're getting into good stuff later. Don't worry. I'm not going to cry, I promise. Um, but uh, uh, another thing that ended up getting was, um, you know, the overstrike guard, the, the collar shield. Um, which is basically steel plates that are embedded into the handle. Um, I got a patent on that pretty easily. Um, firemen had been putting, you know, wire around the, the base of their tool, that, that underneath the head of their tool for so long, I kind of came up with an idea. to Or that real thick rubber stuff. Yeah, that, real that, thick rubber, or even tons of hockey tape or whatever they might yeah. do. Um, and that, that was part of the prototypes. That was part of the design initially. Um, that that went through pretty quick. The, the fun, one that I thought was... Uh, uh, was funny was the how I got into the grips because I never imagined developing a grip system. Either. This this is how this just kind of it's like one thing just fed into. I, right, I originally right. had an idea for one tool that I'd be making in my garage and selling to firemen on the job. Right, um, and uh, the one thing I found out um, when I had initially I think I had like seven prototypes of the original firemall. You know this heavy sledgehammer style weighted tool. Not really designed all that great, <laughs> at least the initial prototype. Do you still have that initial prototype? Yeah, I know uh, I got some uh, buried away. I think my old man has one of the original ones. I, I did a new custom handle for it and and gave him a little a little gift, um, you know, one step at a time sort of things. The things yeah. that he's he's kind of taught me just to just to you know one step at a time, one chunk at a time, small bites day by day sort of stuff, and and that's helped me a lot, right? Because we can't take on the world without you know doing it just one step at a time so uh, yeah i still got i still got one i even have and i have to get a hold of my aunt because i left it at a camping trip one time my original mall splitting mall that i carried at truck 17 when i first got there <laughs> uh, that's floating around somewhere too um but uh when they uh when my prototypes went out right and um people were trying them I, you, you gotta know not everybody was into a big heavy mall type of axe right sure the, the splitting mall in a, in a sledgehammer sort of weight right you might not be behind using that much weight for whatever um but the guys that weren't into it they were still like what do you have on this grip like what is what is this what do you have there <laughs> and what we were originally doing was what firemen always do which is just wrap their tool right with some sort of cordage whether it's oxygen tubing yeah. or paracord or whatever, you right? Clip, you clip the ends off of uh, oxygen tubing, then you wrap it around the, you, you tape mm-hmm. it at one end, wrap it around, tape it at the other end, go to Wal- or, uh, uh, Walmart and get a hockey tape and put a whole roll of hockey tape yeah. on there. And um, some guys are really good at that. You see some of these axes and they have that, that, that grip tape uh-huh. and the whole, it looks amazing. For like one fire, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But and, and then so I just took it a step further, and we started putting like a liquid hardener on there, uh, liquid polymer to like harden it up, and then we put some grit in it, right. So that way, at least it, it kind of sealed it, right. And and the thought behind there was a, it wouldn't peel as much, but then also um, hockey tape is an absorbent material. I call it a cancer sponge now, right? That and paracord, right. So we all have these tools with. 
<laughs> have this absorbent material on it, <laughs> right? And it just, so then this was at least sealing it. And I was like, again, you, you hit Google, you hit patent searches, and you're like, I don't really see anything out there like this. And I was like, ah, shot in the dark, you know. And, and we developed further after that. I was like, that was, that was, the, that was the initial inception was, you know, um, some sort of woven material over some sort of uh, uh, cordage or to form ridges and then harden it up with a liquid hardener, that sort of stuff. And, and then we ended up putting a, a patent out there, um, at least applied for a patent um, while we developed it uh, further. And then, um, and then we got into using a fiber tape instead of hockey tape because it has embedded uh, polyurethane resin as a liquid hardener in it to harden it up and make it like basically a cast, right? And then increased our top coat, all that sort of stuff um, to improve the product. Um, but that went through right away. Patent, they were like, yeah, it's not just one, it's two. So, so, so we got two patents on that pretty good, which I, I just laugh because I put all my time and effort and money into making this big ass heavy mall, <laughs> and everybody right? wants the grips, and then and then and then the grips kind of developed from there, um, just because people are like, well, what is this? And again, it comes down to marketability and and you know how many people might actually be interested in it, and and, and unless you want a specific tool, and everybody's all over the place with tools, but everybody uses a, a grip, right? Right, and hopefully in the near future, a sports grip and everything else, since we do have it. And that's kind, got, of, so kind of in the works. So, now, so that, that patent could wind up transcending to all kinds of stuff, just, right? Just uh, tools in the house, um, you know, tree trimmers, uh, extension poles. But I think that yeah. would be a great grip uh, for, uh, you know, a hockey stick, yep. an actual hockey stick yep. or lacrosse or anything yep. like that. Yep. And we've had a few made, and we've had some people try it out. Uh, we're, the biggest thing I'm doing right now is the, the top coat we put on there. Um, it's still a little, it's like a rubberized top coat, but it's almost like a, it makes it kind of hard, like a, like a, like a frick, you know, like friction tape, like true friction yeah. tape, like that, that, or like the anti-slip stuff. It, yeah. It's like that. And it's a little, a little hard, which is fine for firefighter gloves. Right. But for sports, um, so we're working on doing a, a new, a new top coat, a little more rubberized. I just grip love the fact that the, even the yeah. guys who weren't on board with the mall, <laughs> We're like, what where'd you get this? <laughs> what, do you, what do you got on that? I don't care for that stupid thing. Yeah. But what do you have on the yeah. grip? What, what is, is this grip that I've been saying? Yeah. <laughs> and and so that's, I mean, that's really how everything just kept kept steamrolling, man. I mean, it was it was grips, and then it was, you know what? If we get if if, if this this blade system works so well, why are we sticking with just a, a big ten pound blade, right? A big 10-pound tool, sledgehammer-style tool. Why don't we make a standard 8-pound maul? Why don't we make a pick head since that blade works so well? Uh, why don't I come out with a composite handle now instead of just wood? And and it, and it just keeps keeps going. And then eventually we get into suddenly, a, which I never would have thought uh, to be designing a Halion bar. I, I never, never would have thought I'd be doing that. <laughs> That's insanity. I So how this... Because you, you really are, with the Halligan Bar, reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Right, which is fun to do in the fire service. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Guys love it. They're very, they, they're very accepting they're, of that, that right. fact. They love yeah. change. I oh, love it. Love a change. I watched, and I won't say what house this was, and I won't say what shift or anything, but a guy came in and asked the captain of a busy truck company, do you mind if we get a couple New York hooks for the rig? Ooh. I'll pay for them, but I'd like to put them on the rig. Mm -hmm. And the captain stood up and basically said, <clears throat> I'm tired of all you young kids coming out of this mm -hmm. truck and trying to make it IFSTA this and New York that and blah, blah, blah. You're not putting a fucking New York hook on my truck. Yep. Them hooks we got now work just fine. Period. End of story. And he turned around and walked away and I went, well, that was the end of that. <laughs> nice try, <laughs> kid. Nice try, kid. <laughs> and that's that's the attitude we get. And and I actually have a kind of a whole class I do on this, and it falls into forceful entry and stuff. But it's tool science, and it's touching on that exact thing, right? And and the reason for that is we've championed our our ability, that grit, that adapt and overcome mentality. Like, give me a tool, I can make it work. We've championed that, right? And that's that's kind of where that 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 sort of comes from. I mean, we, yeah. we well, have a culture the, the of The mentality is that it's about the fireman using the tool. Do the work. Not not the tool doing the, the work, make it right? Work. Make it work. And Get so the job done. for somebody like you, who's actually has something innovative and that could progress the fire service, 
you got you get you got an uphill battle on your uh, hands, uh, right? Uh, yeah, how, how do you how do you get over that? Hundreds of years, to, hundreds of years. What is it? A uh, hundred years of unimpeded, uh, tradition, un- unimpeded, unimpeded by, by progress. progress. Yeah, right. And here's the thing, though. Like, I kind of and and some people are like, you know, like ah, that guy. You know, like I kind of appreciate that attitude just a little bit. Being a being a fireman, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. listen, calling myself a fireman, I use that term very loosely, so. <laughs> But what I'm trying you to say, both, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is like uh, that attitude of like this is what we got and this is how we use it. Like I appreciate that. Oh, I, I do, I do. Do I want a tool that makes my job easier right. to, or uh, safer or what or can actually help me save somebody's life more efficiently or whatever? Yeah, I do. You know, but I, I do appreciate that. You know that grouchy captain that, that don't want to fucking New York hook on the rig. Like I do appreciate that. Teach you a lot yes, of he is. Things. <laughs> right, right. And he can make a pike pull sing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he, like, just like the guy, like make an axe sing. Those guys, right. they know what they're doing. So it's almost like you want to embrace that. But I think <laughs> the class. When I get done teaching that class, I say, now do me a favor. Don't go back to your fire like the young fireman. Don't go back to your fireman, your firehouse, and tell your captain to get fucked because I, because I said we can do better. But right, right. The right. whole the whole thing is, I mean, we we've adopted tools since forever ago. I mean, it wasn't until really the Kelly tool or claw tool we kind of not even the claw tool. The claw tool was adapted, right? The Kelly tool, and then we get into the pro bar. It was that's when we started actually making tools for fire service. Now, uh, uh, I know Vince did uh, coming up. I you know. Um, before I got on my my career job, you know, I worked a part time volunteer here. You know, this that. And it. Some of the tools that some of these places have uh, that I worked with part time, like you never see them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And they, like like duck tools or mm-hmm. like the Denver tool or like that, like Chicago Patrol Bar. If anybody <laughs> has one, I want one. By the way, I'm putting that out there. Uh, uh, it's like it's like crazy. You see these tools. It's like. And, like, I remember having a, a lieutenant at this part-time fire department I worked at, and he, like, took me around the truck, and he's like, uh, okay, this is what this tool's called, this is what that tool's called, and this is what that tool's called. Uh, if I see you run into a fire with either one of those, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. Grab an axe and a pike pole. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So they were expensive pieces of equipment that sat on the rig, and mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't touch them because they were stupid, you know? Like, <laughs> but... Just think about the guy who first brought the Halligan in the first. You, I mean, have you done any history on these tools? Like, yeah, you, how, I mean, how long has the Halligan been around? So early, you know, and like uh, where did Hugh, that originate? Hugh, Hugh Halligan, right? Um, this was we're looking late thirties, early forties. This is what uh, I love Hugh about Halligan this podcast. Came out, right? Would you have yes. known the name <laughs> Hugh Halligan? No, I fucking don't know who Hugh. I thought right. back in the day, I thought Halligan's was a bar in Lincoln Park, that which you it is. To meet the Paul girls, <laughs> which it is. Yeah, so. Okay. I guess shout out to that bar. They're still, still <laughs> Halligan. Shout out to Hugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, that's that's part of what I what I touch on too is but, is. but think about it. Hugh walks into the firehouse, says, "Hey, fellas, was it a firehouse? I yeah. Don't, where did Hugh walk into? So it's out of New York, right? So you the the the, the story on the, on the Halligan bar. Um, you know, you got you got to go back to the claw tool, but the claw tool, if you guys. Don't know, uh, and I, hopefully I'll I'll get this as close to being correct. But um, there was a bank robbery in New York, and a tool was left behind in their haste to leave. Right, there was a tool left behind. It was a claw tool. They used it to break into the bank. All right, we're back with Chicago's bravest stories. This episode is actually brought to you by the Frontline Team. Josh. <coughs> Oh, sorry, I was expecting more of a lead-in. <laughs> <laughs> so I expect you to say, Josh Hill, Morgan I, I was promised there would be a... from the Cicero Fire Department. I was promised there would be a lead-in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Vince, we're, we're happy to sponsor this. You know, we have been for, for a while, and, and we're going to continue. You know, I love the stories that you guys are telling here, and and uh, it's, it's, it's great to be here in the studio for real, you know, in person for once to actually record this. But... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're like I said, we're thrilled to be uh, a sponsor of this. Obviously, that's a big part of our, our business is the police and fire world, doing doing the mortgages for them, and, and really being uh, in a place where we can be trusted by them. I saw in the in the Heenan Pod, uh, you know, he's saying hey, the last thing you want is a bunch of guys uh, talking shit on you at the table at the firehouse, you know, and uh, 
So obviously that's something that we take very seriously, the, the, the trust that's placed in us. You know, and we would never violate that for those reasons. It's just the right thing to do, but also you can't have a table full of guys talking about you, man. That'll end you. <laughs> That'll end us. So where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, obviously they can just look us up on social media at the Frontline Team. Um or obviously see one of us. We're always out at events, but uh, at the Frontline Team on Facebook, on Insta. Uh, also, they can call us at our, our central team number is 630-534-2900. Uh, they give us give us a buzz there. Whether they're going to be out buying, we can, uh, you know, give them a hand. And like I said, it's just kind of a transparency has been always our, our appeal there. Um, it's got a big fork on it, a uh, big big hook on it right and some forks um and uh and the fire department was like well that they got into there that must work pretty good right <laughs> so then they started having that made right and and put on rigs and they, they were using them um cali tool is kind of like a little pry bar with an ads on it um those sort of things were were already kind of uh in place right and then and then Hugh was like, well, these things work, but they don't work that great, right? I was like, well, can I combine the aspects of some of these tools and come up with uh, what is now today the Hallimar? So for me, it was like the first tool actually engineered for the fire service. But if you take a step back and why firemen and why we're so ingrained with using flathead axes as a striking tool is because those, those previous tools, the claw tools, the, the other the other. The other tools we actually need to start driving and hitting and driving into door seams. Well, we already had axes in our hands, right? Because of construction before that, prior to that, you know, building construction was wood, right? What's a red, readily made tool already for chopping and breaking down wood? Flathead axes, right? So you have all these fire departments with these flathead axes, and, and our meathead mentality is like, well, we need to hit that to drive it into there. Well, I already have this in my hand. I can just flip it around and hit it with that, right? So... That's why we, you know, and today still, flathead axes is your, you go, I remember in the academy, all right, the striking tool, right? Your flathead, it's a striking tool. And in my mind, I'm like, it doesn't, I mean, if you look at a lot of striking tools, I don't really look like that. Right. <laughs> Sledgehammer, splitting maul, ball peen hammer, you know, and they all have this sort of centralized mass sort of thing for hitting something because I don't, I'm going to go full tool nerd here in a second. Maybe I should slow down. <laughs> but, but traditionally, so that's why the, the axe was married with the Hallings, because they always carried that with them. We already they had were, it with them. We started using it to hit uh, hit things, and then when the Hallings was out, we were using it to dr- set and drive the Hallings bar. And, and they, hey, it fits in the forks of the, the Hallings bar, right? And, and, and now we can use it uh, as a set, the iron set, and that's how the iron set was born. Right. So Hugh Halligan, huh? Yeah, and that was that was nineteen yeah nineteen forties early forties I think, and then uh, Pearl so, Bar nineteen seventy five. Right. So if it wasn't for so if it wasn't for some bank robber leaving behind this tool, we wouldn't have the Halligan. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you could almost or you we could would, almost we think would have that. had it for as Maybe soon not, as we've had. Yeah, it. possibly. Right. I, I imagine mean, that somebody would have come up with something eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah eventually. Right. Um, but but who knows how those aspects would have played out? I mean. That's what um, I love about doing this podcast. We find shit out about yeah. like Hugh Halligan, <laughs> Hugh Halligan, <laughs> shit like that. And uh, here's the here's, here's the kicker. I'm literally looking. To Are see you looking who up? Hugh because Halligan looks I was like. just about to say because Chief Halligan, we come had, on, man. We oh, did he go on to be chief? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. But you could have made that story up 100. percent I am. I made up. The whole <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> I actually invented the Halligan bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was your uncle Hugh, right? <laughs> right. Don't get into my. Uncle there he is, Hugh Halligan. He looks like a fireman. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Him. That's a look at that's him. him. Yeah, there you go. Look at the another size of, another the size item of that, 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 that yeah. is a, like a like a unicorn, other than the TSR Halligan bar, which is also a unicorn because they're just like a an idea and haven't come to fruition just yet. Anyway, it's a knock on myself. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I would love to have one of those too. So again, if anybody has one, an original they, hue. Oh man, yeah, I'd love to have that. Yep. Oh uh, man. Be, I guarantee that thing's got to be hanging in, in that New York Chicago somewhere. Chicago Patrol Bar. I want, I want those, too. All right. There, Listen, we need a Chicago Patrol Bar. Anybody listening, <laughs> get, send us a link. Send us any information yeah, you have I on bet that. I you could find one for a lot of money. But, yeah. yeah. Just uh, DM the podcast. 
We know where you we'll, got it from. We will give you as much swag as we can mm-hmm. muster. No, we won't. I'll Trade send it. I'll, 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 I'll send it. I'll get it. Don't well, worry. I'm in charge of the swag. Don't listen to I'm in charge of the swag. I'll trade you. With the world's most advanced Halligan bar coming soon. I'll trade you for the world's oldest. We will. You heard it right here on Chicago's Bravest Story. Brand new set of irons from Firemall. There you go. One Chicago bar. Even Steven. This isn't the first time we've arranged under the table deal. We've horse traded so, like, everything we have around here. Shout out to Father John. Remember that one? Yes. We called him up. We're like, is this thing worth any money? The guy wants to give it away. He goes, give me his address. I'm leaving my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are, are constantly sending us, uh, hey, any information. Uh, there was a old badge that somebody found in a drawer, mm-hmm. uh, like an old retired guy. Able to track it, it down? Yeah. Track it, out. It, it, well, the badge was, so uh, back in the day, I think it was Commissioner Quinn, uh, he handed out uh badges that were uh for friends of the aldermen so that they could come to the fire scenes and like take pictures or uh do stuff they probably weren't supposed to do but that was their badge and there's only so many of them out there that were made uh this friend of the alderman's badge and so that's how this popped up this guy's like hey i found this in my dad's sack drawer or something yeah, like that's that pretty cool. and anybody uh, know what this is about and yeah <laughs> i'm like i don't know what anything so we uh we had just had father john on the show and uh he's was involved uh with the fire McNallis, who knows yes. everything about everything mm-hmm. and uh he's he was like i know exactly what that yes. is yes Give me the guy's address. I'm leaving my house right now. See, We're like, cool. oh, shit. That's cool. You get to learn stuff, right? Yeah. Right, right. What happens when people get together and, and talk instead of just texting each other? I think stuff like that. Well, we were considering This is coming from the guy the that I said, call me when you get here, and he proceeded to send me five text messages. <laughs> I was close. I said five minutes. Five minutes. When I was about And then 20 minutes later. Minutes and I'm still uh, getting text messages. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, listen, social media is awesome. Keep listening to the podcast and going <laughs> yeah, on right. social media. Yeah, yeah. Forget technology, yeah. but social but, media, yeah. guys. Firemall. Keep, yeah, websites, yeah. firemall.com. Just go ahead. <laughs> well, that's the one thing about um, the industry is that we you know, we can have all this technology, but, but at the end of the day, we still have to show up at the firehouse, and we still have to communicate with, with each other face-to-face. Right. And I think we're losing a lot of oh, that. Man, I'm guilty of it. Yeah, I'm guilty of. of yeah. It's of, hard. It's hard not to be. How do you when I'm, I, it's an excuse, but I'm scrolling for you know fire mall, you know social media. Who's posting what? This and that. I'm looking if anybody commented, shared. But, yeah. And maybe more so. I don't know, but I'm I'm guilty of it too. And I wish I would. I wish I would put my fucking phone down at the firehouse, you know, and and just just be there. Um, I'm, I'm. Yeah, like I said, I'm guilty of it. You have to be on top of it with what you're doing now. But do you have municipalities that have your tool now? Or have you, like, started to sell it, distribute it, yeah. and send it out? Yeah, and- I mean, it's it's throughout the, the nation, throughout, uh, you know, I get some in Spain, you know, some throughout the world. Oh, that's cool. That sort well, of stuff. How's the feedback been with everything's? I mean, everything's positive. It's getting over the hump of the initial, right, something new and this and that. But I, I, can, I can say everybody that has our tool, you know, it's, it's usually – you know, rave reviews, the grips, all that stuff, um, and I, I think that 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 comes with time. And I, I haven't been the best best marketer in the world. Um, I ne- initially, especially coming out, I never wanted to be just some some asshole talking about. Hey, look at my cool tool, you know. I didn't want to be like the. What, 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 what is, the fuck are what we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, right. Well, uh, yeah. well, definitely didn't want to be that guy, but, you know, um, I just I just didn't want to be, you know, gimmicky or, or, or that knee-jerk reaction yeah, of, of no. some guy talking, you know, because what's our first? Uh, same thing, we're, we're great Monday morning, you know, quarterbacking. When somebody screws up at a fire, we judge the video and we talk about what I would have done. Yeah. Well, look at this guy. What the fuck is he doing? You know, and, and we're guilty of that. So I never wanted to be that guy just, just you know, it, it, I wanted the, the products to speak for themselves over time. So proven benefit over time. And I think I think we're, we're getting there. I think this past year especially, I'm starting to see it a lot more. I was just at, a, it's actually the shirt I'm wearing, the, uh, gone to Texas gone to texas for him um it was just an expo a small expo in texas and it was it was um there were some vendors there and some speakers and i actually had a good problem because everybody i 
Matt was like, oh, yeah, no, we got your stuff. We love this. We love that. We got that. And I'm like, I'm not getting any new customers out yeah, of this. Yeah. You know? So it's a good good problem. Yeah, not yeah. a bad problem to have. So yeah. while all this time you, we're talking about forging, you know, new tools for the fire service, mm-hmm. let's start talking about Mitch. All right. How did you get into the fire service? Right. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get into the fire service? You're, so, not, from, you're not from Chicago, though, right? Michigan originally. Southeast Michigan. Saline, Saline, Michigan, outside Ann Arbor. So small town, small town, uh, suburb of, you could say Ann Arbor, right? If you really want to, Detroit, suburb of Detroit, but pretty far outside of Detroit. Um, how I got into the fire service, I mean, God, I was, you know, coming out of high school. I actually, originally, it was like, I don't know, I'm probably going to go to the Marine Corps, you know? And, you know, the, the one thing, this is funny, the one thing that, that actually changed that um, <laughs> Was I think my high school counselor, his job is, you know, to see everybody, make sure they're, they have the plan or whatever. And I, you know, I get like one meeting with them or something. Yeah. I come in, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what I want to do. I'm thinking about joining the Marine Corps. He's all right, sounds good. Yep, here you go. And then he put his like paper away. And a part of me, like, like because he did it so quick, he was like, I don't know. It was just so, I yeah. don't really give a shit. Like, and not that there's, and trust me, I got, I got plenty of friends that went into the Marine Corps. And part of me wishes I, I still did serve. And, and and never took that opportunity, but um, just the, with the known nonchalant sort of okay, see ya. It made me kind of second guess it, right? So then I was just working landscaping, construction, that sort of stuff. And uh, one of my good good friends, he's actually a, a captain out in Winston Salem now, uh, fire department, in North Carolina. Um, was like, hey, you want to you want to go to the fire academy? We can go to because uh, he started working for a, a department kind of by by him. We started kind of visiting fire departments. Anyway, he was like, you want to go to the fire academy? Because you could just go to like a, a local college, right? Schoolcraft College was the first academy I went to, and that was nighttime classes. And he said, you know, I mean, we talked about being a fireman. What do you got to do to be a fireman? Is it like backdraft? And I was like, sounds like fun. You know, let's do it, right? So, <laughs> Did you have to be attached to a fire department in order to do that? that no, so that it, it, that's yeah. one of the problems in the state you could of just Illinois. Go to the, you just could go to the academy? You can just take the classes, right? Yeah, so I no could kidding. go and get my fire one, fire two, and then EMT and apply to fire departments. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is also brought to you by Tim Ryan, a local 2753 guy with Remax Properties Northwest. Yeah. Uh, 2753, he's uh, he's one of our local guys um, up here by uh, Northwest Side, uh, Northwest Side. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about before, you know, we always like to, we always like the idea, like, having, you know, having a fireman, having one of our guys that can uh, kind of lead us down the right path. And um, from what I hear about Tim Ryan, mediocre fireman, <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal realtor. realtor. Oh, my God. Phenomenal realtor. This guy. <laughs> But you know what? He's paying his dues, so you can't argue with the guy. So God bless. Thank you, Tim, for your service. Thank you, Tim. If you guys want to find Tim, where do we find him, Vince? Give him a call, 773-578-2464, or... Yeah, make sure to check him out. You can you can also email him at tryanrealestate at gmail.com. That's an easy one. And closed with Tim at... Um, OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ad, ad, that's Instagram. That's the Instagram handle, right? I, I don't know Instagram very well. So yeah. let's go with it. Try Instagram first. Yeah. If you can't find them on that with that handle, right. then go to OnlyFans. Yeah, don't don't try OnlyFans. <laughs> <Don't. <you know? laughs> and Tim, you are a terrific fireman. <laughs> terrific. And if you need a terrific fireman, you can call him at 773 578 2464. Tim will take the stress out of buying and selling properties. You're not going to get a salesperson. You're going to get somebody who understands you as a first responder, somebody who's been there. It's not about the the money with Tim. He sincerely wants to take care of uh, our community and take care of you guys. So look him up. We've talked about before, uh, or we've talked about before, like, you know, Tim, Tim is the kind of guy when we, when we talked to him on the phone, like, his highest priority was taking care of first responders. So, you know, if, I mean, you can obviously call him if you're not a first responder, but if you are, make sure if you're in the business of, of selling a place or buying a place coming up soon with this market, um, he, you know, we know that he'll take care of you because he, he took care of us very well. Yep. Tim Ryan, Remax Properties Northwest. See, we don't have that in Illinois, and that's part of the problem. There's a giant 
recruiting issue going on right now in the fire service. You in think that's Illinois. a better way to go? Dude, who f- cares if College of DuPage or Lake, Lake County or I'm throwing it out there, Malcolm X or whoever wants to put on a fire academy where these guys can go, they pay tuition, whatever, they get their fire one, they get their fire two, whatever we call it now, the BOF and all that stuff, and they're getting it on their own. EMT. EMT, paramedic, whatever. Whoa. Well, calm, listen, <laughs> calm down. You're, you're outnumbered here. You're outnumbered here, oh. homie. Okay, you want to go work for a fire department anywhere else but the it's magical fucking city of Chicago, you got to be yeah. a paramedic, all right? So all of that, why, are, why do you have to be attached to a fire department? These guys already, all these departments already have recruiting issues. Did, I hear what, it from what, the what did that cost you? AFFI oh, guys God, all the time. What was that, 2004? Ish, yeah, 2004. I don't know. I don't remember. Was it over a thousand dollars? I would probably say so. It was two semesters of nighttime classes, and right. that was for just your one fire semester or was your fire EMT. one, another semester was fire two, and then EMT was after that. And I think it was about the same, about a semester. So okay, but not a, not terrible, nothing crazy, you know. Um, it was for my parents. It was probably cheaper than college. Yeah, but so. you're, I mean, you're getting fire one, fire two, and your EMT, so that really opens up a lot of doors for you. Yeah, to- yeah, and I got lucky. I got lucky because, um, really, I mean, the, the first department uh, basically I applied for was it National Registry? Your EMT? Uh, EMT was originally yeah National Registry. You take the class and take the test, and then um, uh, Pittsfield Township outside Ann Arbor was the first department I worked for. That was. I started as uh, paid on call, right? It was a, they were a split department, and they were a mixed department, paid on call and full-time. Uh, started as paid on call, um, and then you could do standby shifts, and I think you could do up to, like, 36 hours a week. So I was trying to work as much, and they yeah. still do landscaping. Um, and then I got I got lucky. I mean, let me see, it was 2004. By 2006, you know, you, I hired full-time there, so super young. You know, I was just out of, you know, just out of high school, basically. Um, younger than... I don't think I was even 21. It was 20, maybe, 19. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, got lucky. I shit, I could have just stayed there and, and you know, made decent money and, and become an officer probably pretty quick. They're, they, now they're, uh, they're no longer a, a, what they call a mixed department. They're all full-time guys now. And we fought a good amount of fire. I mean, because you're going to everything kind of in the area, right? You're going over to Ann Arbor. Yeah. You're going to these outside suburb, suburban departments on mutual aid, right? So you're catching everything there. So you do all right. It was a good, aggressive department. Um, uh, but me always looking for, and my wife, uh, will say that I probably do this too much and, um, you know, always looking for more, right. Always reaching for more, not, not being able to sit still. Um, and, uh, I, I started looking at the, the contracting, which was, uh, and I firefighting in Iraq, uh, making a bunch of money doing that. And this is the naive me going, oh, I never served my country. Let me go serve my country as a contract fireman. And, um, yeah, there's some aspect of that, but really you're getting paid a bunch of money to be over there, right? Those guys pay you ridiculous amounts of money, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, is that when you started firefighting for D- the Department of Defense? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a DOD cert to get in, but it, you're, you're basically working for... Was it, Hall- a, a, was it Halliburton? Um, that one was uh, WSI, and before that they were, or after that they were... See, I don't even I don't even remember. What was your contract? How long? It's a one year contract every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, it's a one year contract. And it's yeah, it's I mean hundred hundred twenty, hundred and thirty, but eighty or ninety but tax free. Right? So it's, it's ridiculous. Like, and again, naive me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go do that for two years and I'll be rich. Right? You know, <laughs> right. You're young. Yeah, you yeah. think you're like, yeah. oh, I'll be set for life, thinking, yeah. you know, two hundred thousand dollars is a, a lot of money, you know. And it is. I'm not saying it's not, but you know, you, you spend it too, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I did that. Um, and I honestly, I, <laughs> I remember my first, first day there, I think the, uh, you went to Iraq on, I, yeah. on this contract. Yeah. Okay. Yep. On the, and this was 2006 and I, I left, I was working full time for Pittsfield. I remember a lot of guys being like, dude, you got a full time career position here. You're set, dude. You can just ride it out. And me always, you know, like I said, just so not comfortable you, sitting still, you know. I was like, yeah. "No, I'm going go so to go take this adventure." So you go to Iraq, yeah. and you're basically a contractor with this contracting company. Yeah, that the government pays. To and are you do fire are protection you, on bases, right? Are you 
connected to an engine? Do you have like what we would consider traditional firefighting stuff or? Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, they had, they had engines there. I, I don't think I ever worked on a base that had a truck. I think it was just engines. Just all engine yeah, work. engine and, work. There's some ARF bases that had, you know, the ARF trucks and stuff like that, and I eventually got into that stuff later. Yeah, we're going we're to touch on that in <sighs> a little bit, too, because <laughs> I, I heard something about you. Oh, all right. <laughs> yes. Cool. I can't wait to hear that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you, you're, uh, you know, it, you're, there's no truck work, nothing like that, but, you know, you initially when i got there i'm like all right this will be exciting war zone this will be cool see yeah. what happens and then you realize that you're mostly filling out paperwork and working out and wondering what your, your biggest decision is when you want to eat and when you want to work out so you know what type of work did so you that, actually like, do has that a is being a fireman wait a minute wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait <laughs> something hold on a second <laughs> well the, the funny thing was my first day though i remember it was like 120 degrees out or something and we had a fire at like a uh, like a shipping yard, right? And it was you know just just um, cargo and stuff. It was out, you know, boxes have kind of caught on fire. But it was a little wind driven because it would end up being basically a sandstorm, right? So you're sitting there, hot as balls out, right? Just super hot. And then when you're resting, so when you're in rehab, you're still in a sandstorm, <laughs> like right? it was just just heat, just oven that oven sort of. It feels that the wind there it just feels like an oven in your face, and you're just going, "What? What did I get myself into?" Right <laughs> now, did you did you guys wear like traditional firefighting gear, or was yeah, it, it like depends, that? It depends on the, on the mission. There, there, okay. there was tin foil. There were tin foil guys there because both my first year I was at a, a base um, TQ. It had uh, Altacanum. It had uh, an airstrip, but I was not ARF certified, so I wasn't on a. ARF rig. I was on an, an engine or, or these little, Let people know little who rescue who trucks. Aren't familiar with the acronyms. ARF, Airport Rescue Firefighting, right? So if you, if you ever seen uh, them when you're flying in, sometimes you can see them. See them out there. These big trucks, these big old wheels, and they're they're airport trucks, and they carry a, a bunch of water and foam on them for putting out jet fuel and that sort of stuff. And uh, that's your ARF stuff. But if if you've ever seen the the, <laughs> the tin foil, the uh, shake and bake uh, uh, suits <laughs> <Right>. they wear. <laughs> Um, you know, it's the silver, silver reflecting. It's it's because that, that that jet fuel burns so hot, right? We're really trying to reflect a lot of that 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 temperature off of us, and and that's why they wear that. So, how do you guys put out? Where do you guys are? You guys just using tank water? Like, how do you? Yeah, it's all shuttling water, right? It's all shuttling water. And last some of the later on down the road, I think um, some of the, the the more built up bases eventually had like a, a some sort of water supply, and I think even. Possibly some hydrants, but I'm maybe shooting in the dark. I don't know. <laughs> it's really. like it's a situation blur, where it's bro. like, I, we have two hydrants on base, yeah. and no, you cannot use them. Uh, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, I left. Uh, I don't want to skip, but I, one place I did end up going, which was you know, my chief that was, uh, uh, I had my second year uh, in a little base in, in Gary Owen, um, Gary Owen base. Uh, it's on the southern side of Iraq. Yeah. He left there and ended up taking a chief's position in uh, uh, over in the Caribbean, right? Um, and so, Not I was, bad. yeah, right. Curacao, so Curacao, they have a, there's a there's a Navy mission out of there. Um, sorry, Air Force mission, Air Force base out of there. Um, that they run, and, and you can, I'm not telling anything, you can Google this stuff, right? They do an anti drug mission out of there, sort of stuff. Um, and uh, and my chief actually took took that position uh, there. Um, so eventually I was, you know, I got kind of got over my contract and, and I said, hey, you know, is there an opportunity to go over there? And is so it Curacao? Isn't that in Haiti? So uh, it's next to Aruba. It's the okay. ABC Islands. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, in the Caribbean, just north of uh, South America there, right? Um, and uh, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's 80s year round. It's a tropical um, island. Yeah, it rains yeah. like... The wet season will do it more often, but when it does rain, it's like ten minutes of raining hard, and then it's done. Ugh. And so you're well, gonna so you were gonna take all that money that you socked up from uh, your contract, and you were gonna go to some Caribbean island. Did I did I save it? I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Wait, we don't want to get into too much. I, I I didn't save it, but I had a previous person in my life that didn't work out so well. So oh, I didn't all right, fair it enough. All. There you go. <laughs> so there's the missing piece we were looking for. All right, yeah, it's right, out there yeah, now. Right, right. So, um, 
um, yeah, so I, uh, I was still like, okay, I need to make money again, right? Um, and, you know, Curacao sounded nice, right? Nice place to go. Um, but it's the same thing, man. I, I got there, and for, trust me, the first three months there, I'm like, this is awesome. Beaches, you know. Yeah. Bars. What was your time off like? Regular firefighter uh, schedule or no? Um, there was 24 on, 24 off. Oof. Yeah. Or, sorry, 48 on, 40 off. Apologize. 48 on, 40 off. So two platoons. So if you wanted any time off, you got to work six days. Do a trade, right? You're working six days, and you're off for six days. you got to so, work six days. Yeah. 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 How many and runs he, are you doing down in Curacao? <laughs> you had to do standbys at the – so it was like an airstrip. So you had to do standbys at the airstrip. Um, that was mostly it. I mean, I, I don't – actual calls? Did you, did you have any fires while you were no. in Curacao? Really? No. Well, I was there two years. Not one. <laughs> not, not one. We drilled sometimes. Worked out. Worked out. A lot of working out. Cucked. Cucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It was funny, though. The guys there, and they would, we would get together do wings maybe like on the weekend or something. But a lot of, a lot of times they, um, most guys just prepared their own meals. Were you there, working there with like native people from the island? No, no. This is all. This all is all. Like, this is guys all, just like. They're all yeah, Americans yeah, or yeah, like yeah, from anywhere. For the most part, yeah. Okay. All Americans. Um, on, on, the, especially that one. Cause you need like a, a secret clearance to work there cause the mission they're, they're running out of there. And, and so I think that probably played into, um, but it's, you know, it's air force guys, guys that have done contracting before. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, as much as I, I, from a firefighting aspect, I miss fighting fire, miss being a fireman. Um, there's, there's some great guys out there and I lived two years in the Caribbean, man. Um, That's awesome. I, I mean, uh, you look back and reflect on that. I mean, how many people, how many times you get to do that? So um, that was that was pretty awesome. Well, you I'm with my wife your, now because that on your of resume. it. You know? yeah. yeah, so I wanted to get I wanted to get to that. You, you where did you meet your wife? So <laughs> my wife, um, I actually um, went back and saw a family friend. So my my brother um, is a history professor, um, Grand Valley State. Um, out of Grand Rapids, um, and uh, he married a, a South American woman because when he was studying, he was in Paraguay, South America, uh, studying uh, a war of triple alliance there. It's getting a little long-winded how deep into my history do you want to go. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so he got married when I was in high school, so we were down there uh, uh, for that w- wedding when I was in high school, when I was living in Curacao. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm halfway there. I'm like, I should go back. This is 10 years later. I, should, I was like, I should go back and see everybody. Um, my wife now, Paloma, who I had an acquaintance on, you know, Facebook, just, just friends from, from knowing, knowing, uh, the family and everything. Um, she, uh, we were just, I was like, I literally just going, Hey, I'm thinking about coming by and, you know, coming out and seeing everybody and, you know, Paloma and she'll say she didn't want anything to do with me. She said I was a party boy. She didn't want anything to do she with me. She didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> but, Come but, on. But, uh, you know, I end up, uh, you know, kind of visiting her, and, uh, and, and, and she's, she's amazing. And, and we fell in love, and, and, you know, she would visit me in, in Curacao. I'd go back to Paraguay. And then when Chicago called, I even tried saying, hey, I'm not uh, – I'm not getting married again, so we can't do this. You know, oh, you, wow. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll, te- she'll laugh. She'll, uh, I was like, you know, you, you, you're going to be going, you're, you're going to college, you know, I'm going to go be a fireman. And then, um, you know, then we were still calling each other every night when I was in the academy. Were you and, able to like make a comfortable living, uh, in Curacao as a fireman there? Yeah. Were, you were still you... make good money. You're making contractor money, but you're spending it there too. You had to get your own housing and stuff. Yeah. You can make good money. There's guys of, I know guys that are still there. But when you went down, you were looking to stay there and make that your career or was this no, all no, this from is the just, beginning? That this was just is, a stop. This is just a stop. Same okay. thing with Iraq. This is the experience okay. sort of stuff. Cause um, I'm just trying to figure out your decision yeah. making. Cause when did you apply to Chicago? Well, when you were where? <laughs> what was our What was our test? Uh, Two thousand six. So that we was probably a, about that was about the same time in, I was applying for Pittsfield, my first fire. Yeah, department. we took you the were, test. You were still in Michigan yeah. when you applied for. Yeah, Chicago. I was. I was probably part time at Pittsfield, not even full time yeah. yet. I yeah, took we took the test, test in 06, and then uh, did, were you part of the original batch that got so, called? No, this is the funny okay. thing because I was not, and I didn't hear anything until. 2000 what, they didn't 13. even give you a number i think i had a number i i don't we remember had, what we it had was. numbers it was just there was an original there was a batch of us that 
had gone through the physical yeah. agility test and we're like, you know, hey, blah, 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 what's the next step? And then nothing. Yeah, but if I you, heard if you have there a good guys, number there and guys all of a sudden you're seeing guys get hired, then you got to be like, but, yeah, I'm not but, paying attention. I'm from Michigan originally. I'm not, I'm not paying attention like some of these guys are. I got a number. It was close. I don't know. What were numbers that got hired? I was probably. One, five, two, four. Yeah, I was 11 something, right? You know, um, so I didn't realize it was a good number, you know, so I'm not even paying attention. I ended up getting hired at Pittsfield and being a fireman and learning to be a fireman and, and not even thinking about it, whatever. Um, you know, early in that career, if they would have called, I probably would have, but they didn't. So now I'll jump to I'm living in the Caribbean after I've been in a fireman and then in <laughs> Iraq and now living in the Caribbean. And my, you know, I had a house in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, um, and Obviously, uh, it was rented out, so my mail's being sent to my folks' house. And uh, my my uh, dad said, hey, you got a letter in the mail, something about another process in Chicago. I'm like, I'm not going to go take another test. What do you, you know, no, no thanks, whatever. And then uh, my my mother actually took the time to read it a little bit better. <laughs> right. And she said, no, I think they want to hire you, right? So I end up, um, oh, well, shit, yeah, I want to fight fire again. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Well, so I took all the steps to then come home for the physical, move my address, um, everything, which I and guess... you're still in Curacao at this time? Yeah, so I moved from Curacao to come here for uh, to complete the processing uh, up until... Uh, I hear you mean Chicago or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I left there, came right here, bought a... I started renting South Loop. And After your first winter here, did you start regretting your decision? Well, so... I can say our first day of processing, which I didn't realize there were so many issues leading up to this, right? I didn't know. I'm like, okay, they're hiring me. Cool. A little, you know, what, eight years later or whatever. Um, and I didn't realize that sometimes they'd sent people home on first day of processing. Yeah. And so I would have had to been like, yeah, chief, can I have my job back? You know? Um, but I do remember parking at fucking Home Depot parking lot and walking <laughs> There's and it was tradition. stupid cold with the right. wind and everything. I don't know how many degrees below zero. Mind you, I had, you know, I grew up in Michigan, so I was used to the cold, but I left the Caribbean <laughs> hanging out on a beach doing nothing, right? And I remember walking in going, what am I doing? <laughs> I could be on a beach right now, <laughs> right. you know? Uh, but I, I, I wanted to fight fire. You know, I wanted to do what I, what I trained to do instead of, instead of, you know, everything else I was doing. Well, let's, Let's pick it up after this break. Let's okay. Take a break here. All right. I, I'm, you're at. I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> Stand by. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.